welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you listening here today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really my job is to help you navigate those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow in your faith all throughout the week. Today, Chris Podlick and I sit down and we work through part one of a series called God Just Wants Your Money. We talk about how I entered church with $0 in my wallet on the weekend and I left with 20 I know it sounds crazy, but also in this conversation, we talk about Jesus's perspective on money and what stewardship looks like. I hope you enjoy this episode. Alrighty, Chris, really excited for this episode of the Beyond the Message podcast. Now, I've got to let you know, if you are an online viewer uh, of the Beyond series, we're actually doing two different series in person and online. So, you, you know, this message won't be beyond the silence and solitude message that you got on the weekend, but we reckon you've, there's still a lot of value to be had from, uh, from this series that we're looking at through just the, uh, the podcast today. Yeah. And if you're tuning into this podcast a year later, it won't even matter because you, <laughs> you can go back and watch whatever you want. <laughs> it's actually so surprising how, how well the episodes do like months from now. And I love catching up with people who are like, oh, I listen to the podcast. And I was, I'm like, oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It was so funny when Chris was in Emma's walk-in closet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was like a year ago. But That was over funny. a year ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just assume people are tracking with us. But it's it's funny having a catalog, which people can go back to. And somewhat, it's not chronological. I mean, it's chronological, but there's no there's no narrative. It's not like watching a series where um, you True. tune in. And yeah, anyway, it's like... Yeah, and for those who are, who are listening live, we appreciate you. Thanks for... Thanks for being the um, uber committed and tracking right. along week to week. You're up to date. It's a, like you wouldn't watch the Olympics. You know, you wouldn't just decide to watch the Olympics next year, would you? Um, that's all I'll say. <laughs> it's like, it's it's cool, but it's not as exciting as keeping Speaking up. Speaking of the Olympics, day. this reference is going to be so out of out of reference when someone's listening to this. <laughs> but how, that's right. good, how good was Ariana... Titmus today when she beat Katie Ledecky in the women's 400. And that is a huge feat, getting Australia's second gold medal for today. Chris, yeah. we're going to rebrand. This is beyond the Olympics. And we are, oh, we are I was I was so excited. I had like timers set on my phone and everything to like, let me know, stop, go and watch, go and turn the Olympics on to watch that race. Yeah. It was awesome. Just, just an awesome effort. Well, there you go. It's 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 the 26th of July, 2021, but that does not matter to most of you because you like to listen to this any other time. But that's right. We'll move on. Um, Chris, God just wants your money. He, yep, yep. He does. Yep. That's so, the title of the series. Thanks for tuning in to the Beyond the Message podcast today. God wants your money. God wants your um, money. Uh, well, I guess, you know, because people who might not have heard this message at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m., the, the first thing you kind of mentioned was that, hang on, that's not true. So let's just get that in the, let's clear the air first up, Chris. Does God want our money before we even get into the content of the episode today? Yeah, and the title the title's kind of a, a little bit of a cheeky banter, um, mainly, mainly because I think this is the perspective that a lot of people have. You know, one of the big reasons that people resist the church, we know it's usually a top five reason is something to do with money, either the church's mishandling of money or um, the way in which people kind of present this idea that God just wants your money. Um, but the reality is Jesus never said that nowhere. In fact, Jesus never actually ever asked for money. Um, well, 
He did once. Um, he asked for a coin, then he kind of did a coin trick. And then to the best of our knowledge, we think he gave the coin back. So like Jesus never went around like banging for money, telling people, hey, if you give money to me, your life will be more prosperous. Uh, yet a lot of people have this perspective of God that he's trying to get his hands inside their wallets and take their money from them. And mm-hmm. so really, I kind of just set this series up that I want to challenge that perspective. Uh, and I kind of wanted to, to poke fun at that idea that God just wants your money. Um and hopefully give people a different perspective um, to the one that, that a lot of people have when it comes to, uh, when it comes to money. Well, I think it would be probably good to just get a few of those things straight up mm-hmm. um, yeah. out of the road. I would say that if, if the things that God wants for our money, I would say one of them just straight up that probably we don't need to argue about is that he wants us to be generous or he desires us for us to be generous in some capacity. Hmm. Um, I would also say that God wants us to have financial freedom, which is um, because we are stewarding our money well. And I would, um, we'll talk about stewardship in a bit. Um, but I, I would say that that's like, you know, you might've heard, Hey, if you give God a dollar, he'll give you back 10. Let's just, let's just not, that, that's not what's happening here. And God isn't a get rich quick kind of guy, or he's not a, um, he's not the lottery, but I do think there is an element that God wants us to use our money well, and he does desire for us to live in financial freedom. So we're not bound by our finances. We're not stuck um, in debt, but we are using our money well to serve, you know, our life, but also the lives of others around us. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. And to be honest, that's kind of the whole angle of this series. I think sometimes in uh, church world, we can defend and kind of almost like give people like, hey, here's the reason why, uh, it's really important to give uh, or to be generous. And I think most people would agree that it's important to be generous. Uh, but in church world, often people have seen their generosity maybe abused or not used in, in a great way. So I just kind of wanted to lean into the tension and just kind of really yeah. put it out front and kind of just call out all that things. Because I sometimes think that's a much more fun way to do stuff anyway, because no one really expects the communicator to get up and make a joke about, you know, pastors having their private jets and (laughs) i think that's a good way to talk about this stuff because it's what everyone's thinking right and chris i'm so glad that this is an audio only podcast because you are currently in your lamborghini on the way to your jet but no one needs to see that no one needs to see no one needs to see that that. um also sorry this is my last kind Mm. of pre thing before we get into our four questions of the full monday um i look it kind of undoes everything we just said because I walked into church with zero dollars in my wallet and I left with 20. <laughs> usually it's usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Um, well, should we just leave that hanging until question four? God multiplied my wallet and yes, we will leave it hanging. I love <laughs> that. Like God, yes. Okay. And everyone's I like, prayed a prayer. What happened on Sunday? Or what happened to that experience that Lockie got 20 bucks? Right. So if you tune out now, you miss out. So stay in. Um, I'm excited. Cool. Well, let's get diving into it, Chris. I've got some questions for you Hmm. that's going to help us better understand this whole concept of money, generosity, and how I got 20 bucks from the church service. But I thought we could start really broadly and kind of narrow in from there. Um, What would you say Jesus's perspective on money is? And I want to add in there as well stuff because we talked about stuff on um on sunday and i think that's a really i think they're two things that go really well hand in hand so what what would jesus's perspective on money and stuff be yeah and and um it's a good pickup on including stuff because i think in the new testament a lot of times and um that 
the term money can actually be broader than just money. Often it means like material stuff. And so I think this idea of stuff is really good. Um, you know, we, we looked at Matthew 25, kind of verse 14 and onwards, where Jesus kind of lays out this parable um, about three servants and really Jesus's perspective on our stuff and our money, I think can be summed up in one word, stewardship. Like Jesus's perspective of our stuff and of our, of our money pretty, pretty simply is that we're actually stewards of it. We're not owners. Now, being a steward, that has a whole bunch of implications. Um, but Jesus's perspective really would be that um, would challenge the idea that, well, because I earned it and then I bought it, I'm an owner. Because uh, Jesus would sort of say, well, if you can't pack it up in a truck and take it with you when you die, the reality is you don't own it because someone else will have it when you've gone. And if you can't take it with you, then ultimately you don't own it. You're just looking after it um, for someone. And so Jesus kind of takes that to another level and sort of says, well, the same is true about really everything you have uh, and really everything anyone has, that it's all been given to us in some form by God. And so our perspective is really to look after that and steward it um, because we didn't, we didn't kind of make it up. We didn't kind of click our fingers and have life and click our fingers and have money out of thin air. Um, and so Jesus' perspective is stewardship. Uh, and it's fascinating because likely if you're listening to this podcast, um, you are on the blessed or the more blessed side of the equation um, when we talk about stewarding resources. Mm. So I think, you know, like, well, you, we could pull up the stats that say, if you have an iPhone, you are in the top whatever percentage of wealthy people. Like, you know, it's, it's those scary statistics. Statistic, well, I can't say that word. I'm just going to move on. <laughs> those scary stats that show us our wealth. Um, so we're probably on the side of things where we actually need to redefine our relationship because our natural way of looking at our stuff and money is it's mine. I earned it. When we actually, to begin with, have this crazy advantage, this crazy wealth. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. Like, don't feel guilty for that. That's just we're here. Um, likely you're listening, you're in that same position, but um, that, that's the perspective I guess we can only talk from. We don't know what it's like to be in a uh, impoverished nation and, uh, and, and not having anything. So I, I just want to put that out there. That, that, that's what we're talking about here, really. Yeah, and really um, just to sort of put it in perspective for people, oh, I forget what it is. I'd love, to, um, I'd love to be able to find. I did a number of years ago with Be Rich and there was actually like a website you could go to and you could 100%. put in your um you could put in your salary that you get and it would tell you what percentage of world earners you're in um yeah but i think i think from memory it was around about around about 90 or $95,000 in terms of um net worth yeah put you in the top 90% of of wealth in the world 100% i'm going to just quickly while we're here chuck in the average income of an australian uh, yeah, if you if you earn an average wage in Australia, um, you're in the top ninety nine, top one percent. Sorry of the okay, there you go, the rich list. Yeah, there you so go. that's crazy. Like yeah, so there you go. We we did bring out the stats to just show you there because um, I think how- sometimes that there's this challenge um, for people just simply because uh, we're in a very wealthy uh, wealthy country, and so there's like we we think the disparities in our uh, world are so big. And we look at other people and there's always someone to compare to. But the reality is across the global scale, uh, we, are, we are really, really 
blessed to live in the country that we do. Definitely. And, and in, in context of that, the, the statement that Jesus makes in this parable where he says, um, it's what you did with it. It's not about what you received. It's what you did with it all makes sense, um, which we'll get to in question or we'll get to in the next question, actually. Yeah. So I, I had a good look at this this morning, Chris. Um, I really enjoyed I enjoyed the message a lot. And I was very curious about the bit where the different servants are entrusted with a different amount of money. So we could look at that from two ways. One is that potentially we, um, this just general wealth and what we talked about where we're born and what we're born into could be one way of looking at that. But just in general, I was thinking more about the abilities like um, you and I, very similar upbringing, but potentially we've been entrusted with a different amount. And so I just was curious if you could elaborate on um, why there are different amounts that people are blessed with. And in the context of this parable, but also like in our current context of mm. our jobs and church and all that kind of stuff where, where people are yeah, given different um, yeah. Yeah, no, amounts, I guess. That's a fair question. And um, I think it's helpful for people to understand that whenever Jesus tells a parable, typically, typically what he does is the rich man or the owner or the, the figurehead um, of the parable is used to represent God. That's probably the best way. So the best way I could could sort of sum this up is uh, really people have different gifts and different abilities in different areas of life. And if you look at the uh, the rich man in this is giving people and you kind of take it a little bit more uh, metaphorical and it's not uh, five bags of silver and two bags of silver and one bag of silver, uh, maybe it's God gives uh, some people the ability to lead really, really well one-on-one. Maybe it's he gives people the ability to lead uh, small groups of leaders and then others the ability to lead large groups of leaders. Maybe he gives people you know, the ability to speak in front of crowds. Uh, maybe he gives people the ability to be awesome one-on-one counsellors. Uh, and so I think it's less to do with the size um, and of, of it and uh, more to do with their ability. And perhaps this, because uh, this farmer, in, you know, because the parable does talk about finances, this parable knows these particular um, servants that are working in his household. And he goes, oh, this, this person's really, really good with finances and with money. So in this area, I'm going to give them five bags. This guy gets two, this guy gets one. Um, and so, I, yeah, I would say that God, you know, it's just kind of a principle of the world. I would almost say that we all have different gifts. We're all wired differently. We're all created uh, differently. And I to a big extent, think our financial situation uh, has little to do with, you know, quote unquote, what God's entrusted to us. Um, but I think this is kind of painting a, a bigger principle here. Cool. Well, hopefully we can dive further to that in the next question, um, because on the weekend you use stewardship um, as a big word and um, it's a, it's a yeah very churchy word, which you said it's a, very churchy word. it's a great word. I love it, but um, very, you know, we don't use that in our day-to-day kind of um you know just how we chat with each other but you said the definition was the use of god-given gifts and resources for the accomplishment of god-given goals and objectives so i've got a two-part question cool how do we understand what our um god-given gifts are and how do we also then try and i guess use those gifts and those resources that are given by god how do we discover where to put them where to put them to use? What What are the goals and the tasks that God has given us to participate in? Mm, great, great question. Well, and I, I think the first part of that question, 
uh, I would say that this is this is where a lot of people get uh, tripped up uh, because one of the challenges that we have to understand is that like for us, 21st century Western civilization, we're very, very individualistic. But the first century listers were very, very community focused. They were very, very family focused. And one of the things that you notice is that uh, it's actually uh, God or the owner giving the people the objective. And so saying, saying, hey, I have some objective. I have some goals and objectives. Here's what I want you to do. I'm entrusting in my money. And so I would say that for us as Jesus followers, if we want to figure out the first thing for us to figure out, you know, if we have personal goals or objectives is to first figure out, well, what are God's goals and God's general objectives first and foremost, before we figure out anything else. Um, so I'd say that's the, the first place to start. And then more moving along, like more than that, one of the things that really challenges and pushes back this parable with our culture is the idea that um, no matter whether it was the, uh, the uh, a servant who had five bags or the servant that had two bags, it went back to the master. It went back to the rich man and, and the rich man used it for accomplishing his objectives. And so I think a lot of times God just uses us to achieve plans that he has. And maybe sometimes we give financially or we use our gifts and we actually don't know the impact that those gifts are having. We just know that God's given us something to steward. And so our role is to steward what we've been given, not necessarily know the difference that it's going to make in the moment. And I know that really kind of challenges um, Western, a little bit of our Western thinking, because we like to be like, well, what did I achieve? What did I do? What did I accomplish? And God's like, actually, you're playing a bigger part in something more than just you here. Mm, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, and I guess we're on to the million dollar question. Or sorry, the twenty dollar question. The twenty dollar question. Um, and this is about stewardship, and this is also mm. about the strange event that happened on the weekend, where I walked into church with zero dollars, and I, I exited with twenty dollars, mm. and a Kit Kat for reference as well. I got a Kit, you got Kat, a Kit Kat. Awesome. I got a Kit Kat. Um, and the, the question is this: How can I steward what God has given me well this week? Two yeah. parts. One, specifically me with my $20, which you can explain, Chris. Yeah. And the second part is, is how can I actually begin a journey of stewardship or continue that journey with my personal life, with my finances, with my resources this week? That's, yeah. Well, let's, let's, um, let's, I can't even get the sentence out, which is leaving people <laughs> hanging in suspense. <laughs> people let's, are about to crash their cars, Chris. Yeah. Let's, They're so excited. Let's raise... Uh, the hood on the suspense. Is that even a thing? Oh my God. I like it. Keep going. Keep going. We got there in the end. But um, <laughs> why did Lucky get $20? Well, because what we did last night, I think it's one thing to talk about stewardship and it's just really hard to kind of begin to understand what it means to steward. And so really we just wanted to try and help as many people get in the game as possible. And so across our 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., uh, we put envelopes with five, 10 and $20 notes under people's seats. Um, and it's actually our money. It's the church's money. And we wanted to give people an opportunity um, to steward it. We sort of said, hey, here are some parameters. Here are some ways you can do it. And then we wanted to hear um, how people stewarded and uh, what people use the money for. And here is a Beyond the Message exclusive. Oh, I like it. Beyond the Message exclusive, because I can already tell you that there's, a, there's someone else who walked out with $20, uh, Lucky, last night. And they put it towards a group that they're a part of 
that actually feeds the hungry and provides the homeless with essential items, particularly because it's winter here in Brisbane at the moment. So they put the the money towards an organization that they're a part of um, to help provide food and some essentials to homeless people uh, during That's this awesome during this winter months. That is so cool. So yeah, we essentially gave everyone the challenge to go and spend your money and the parameters be do something kind for someone for sorry, do something kind for someone else. Yeah. Isn't so that, that was incredible? I guess that's how you can steward it, you know, because we kind of gave people money to give them a taste. But I think on a really, really practical level, um, and I think that like this can almost tie into the question above, you know, with like how do we sort of find out how much we've been given? Um, because I think that's kind of our, you know, our question in life. It's like, hey, how do I get a little bit more? How do I achieve a little bit more? How do I do a little bit um more? And Jesus in this parable says something very similar. I don't know whether our listeners or whether you're familiar with a guy called Jordan Peterson, Lockie. He's, yeah. 12 um, rules for life. Yeah. He does write a book called 12 rules for life. And and one of those, I don't know if it's in the rules of his, in the book, but anyway, he, he talks about this idea that, Hey, if you want to make a big difference in the world, make your bed. He's like, before you want to go and solve every problem in the world, make your bed every morning. And really, I think Jesus is, is demonstrating a similar principle in this is that there can be this tendency within us to think, oh, when I have more responsibility, then I'll do better or then I'll have harder conversations or then I'll get my finances in order or then I'll get this ready. Um, But Jesus actually says, no, that's not the case because it's looking after the things that you have with you right now that will determine whether you're able to handle more responsibility. Because if you can't handle the responsibilities you have right now, then what makes you think that anyone, let alone God, would entrust you with more responsibility? And so that's, you know, if you weren't one of those people who got some of the money under your envelope, you can look at some of the things that you have this week. So we all have 24 hours in a day. How do you use that time? Because it's a gift. We, we all have it. So, you know, how much time do you spend on social media? How much time do you spend um, studying? If you're a uni student, are you one of those uni students who's like, ah, oh, you know, I left it till the night before. Well, God's kind of like, I gave you this gift and you have this awesome opportunity for education. Mm-hmm. Are you using it? You know, if you're in high school, are you using that opportunity? Um, if you're at your work, you know, and you've been given this gift of the opportunity to work, like how much of that time do you bludge away um, doing stuff in terms of, or, or do you actually like work um, during that time? Um you know, maybe it's a gift of relationships. You know, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or or children? Um, and maybe you think to yourself, oh, I'm too busy to invest in them. I'm too busy to take a moment just to sit and talk with them. And God says, well, why would I give you more responsibility when there's responsibility in front of you? And, uh, yeah. and I think sometimes as well, um, what lures us in is, is, again, the glitzy lights. And I think that's why... You know, at times churches that say, hey, if you give us one, God will multiply. Because people kind of want this like get rich quick and this kind of, hey, we like to have this, I'm achieving this big thing. Um, but the reality is that life is 99% pretty, pretty boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? 99% of the time we we wake up and we go about the same things. And there's, and so God's saying, hey, in the beauty of every single day, how are you stewarding those, those moments that I've That's given good. you every single day? 
not just kind of thinking, hey, there's one time that I'm going to have this 1% or this 2% of thing, and then I'm going to steward that really well. God's like, I'm not really concerned with that. Well, people likely clicked on this episode because it's got something to do with money. So I think, you know, because we love practicality on this Mm, podcast, mm. we love practical resources. I'm going to recommend the holiest book of them all to point people towards Mm. the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's the second holiest book, The Barefoot Investor. Honestly, like if you are Australian particularly and interested in stewarding your finances, like where you are currently, what you've got, what your income is, not what it will be, not what it has been, not what your Bitcoin is going to be worth in 10 years time, but like your current income, what comes into your bank account from the the work that you do. Uh, this is, a, I just think, a great place to start. And it's not a Christian book. Um, you can you can talk about that. To, you can message us if that's an issue for you, but uh, it's not a Christian book. It's it's a resource that just helps you do this thing called stewardship. It's it, it's I, I think it's good. I don't know, Chris, if you re- if you can also recommend that, but um, it's a great place to start. There are in- definitely large parts of that book that uh, I while I was reading it, I think I read it maybe two or three years ago now. That I paused and I read it back to Em and I was like, "Babe, this is legitimately this could legit be a message in right. church if I just inserted a couple of passages in here." So much of what Jesus says aligns with a lot of the principles that um, that Barefoot uh, teaches. I think the only thing he doesn't really cover is probably yeah. what we're going to talk about next week, which is uh, is there a percentage of yeah. your finances that you are generous with? Yep, yeah. that's exactly what I would have added to. Um, that's the only part missing. If you want the Christian perspective, and this is, again, it's a, still a good recommendation, but a guy called Dave Ramsey, he is very blunt. He's very, he does not muck around. Um, but what he does, if you look at him up on YouTube or um, on podcasts, he answers people's finance questions. Chris is looking for his book currently, um, but he answers people's finance questions. So people will ring in and say, hey, this is my current situation. This is what I'm thinking of doing. And the way he answers those questions is in a way of stewardship. So he's not talking about, um, he, he comes back to what's really smart and what's practical, what's wise to do with your money and how to get rid of your debt, all this kind of stuff, how to, how to buy your next property or whatever it is. Um, but that's just, that's a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. He's a very funny dude. He's very, um, he doesn't muck around, which is great. I, I can't, I kind of engage with his personality in a really fun way, but there's just two places you can go to start looking at your personal finances in a new way if you haven't already. Um, so I, I'd just really recommend those practical resources. Yeah. I've read, I've read, uh, again, I'm a bookworm. So I have read Dave Ramsey's book as well. Just on a purely practical level, I probably like the barefoot investor a little bit more simply because it's for an Aussie context. Um, you know, it, it's for an Aussie context. And sometimes like, don't get me wrong. The principles are good with the American ones, but sometimes the finer details when it gets to like, how do I practically set things up and talk through things? Uh, mm. Just just a little bit of a different context. So both good, both good. But for the Aussie context, I'd go with you, Lockie. And, yeah. and I'd recommend the Barefoot Investor. Very good. Well, I love getting practical. I love that we can finish on that note. Um, so yeah, if you've got given 5 10 or $20 this week, um, please head over to that QR scan code to the website. Let us know that story because Chris, you obviously captured that information through a story that someone sent through and we look forward to sharing more and more of those um, next week on the podcast as well as in our in-person experiences so we can't wait to hear how you guys have um, you know been responsible with our money it's it's our money it's not your money is what chris said 
it's our money and we can't see we can't wait to see what happens with that so thank you so much for listening to this week's beyond the message chris back next week i wait to wrap this series up and we have got a challenge coming next week so i cannot wait for the challenge wonderful all right we'll see you then see ya